Hold up, Hallie. Did you just say unsnucked? Mm-hmm. It's like snagged and stuck. You get snucked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the opposite is unsnucked? Totally. Welcome to Deliberate Methods Unsnucked Podcast. I'm Hallie Buchanan. And I am Lynn Talley, and it's time to dive right in. That's right. So pour a cup of joe or a glass of wine. Depending on the time of day. And sit back while you transform through simply listening in to others experiencing massive real-life shifts because it is time to get you unsnucked. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Hallie. I see you've come prepared today with your not one drink, but two. <laughs> yes. Tell everyone what you have to drink. Well, I have my LaCroix today, <laughs> yes. and I'm drinking a kombucha. A kombucha mm-hmm. really just looks like cloudy. It does. Every time I'm doing any sort of course online or have people that I'm like video conferencing in. They're like, what is that? I have to let them know at 10 a.m. I'm not drinking beer. <laughs> this, is like, this is like the ginger It's aid. not your Miller Lite. <laughs> it's not my Miller Lite. Yeah, the ginger aid one looks just like a lot of things that I won't share because you're continuing to enjoy and drink it. Thank you. I appreciate you're you welcome. for not ruining it for me. Well, welcome to our second episode. That's right. It's exciting. I'm very exciting. I... Um, had a an epiphany after our last podcast. Mm, tell that I got a lot of clarity on the idioms that I messed up. Oh, I wasn't that far off. You weren't. I said throw the wolves under the bus. Okay. And what is it? What's the correct? One? Well, they're two, and they're kind of similar. So one is you either throw someone under the bus, like someone threw me under the bus. Or you throw them to the wolves. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't throw the wolf under the bus. So it's just so clear to me, yes, how you created the snucked word. Yes. Because you're basically just flip-flopping. Like you're moving one word out from one idiom to another. I'm just combining. You're combining. I think I've discovered through this process that I have like a hidden obsession with efficiency. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just combining things all the time. Yeah. So... It hit me like a ton of bricks. So did you go? Oh, home I br- think that's one of them actually. A correct use of it. Yeah. It hit me like a ton, a ton of, of bricks. bricks. I think yeah. you did get that one right. But I also started thinking about what is the difference between an idiom and a euphemism because I started getting afraid that we had called it an idiom, but it's actually a euphemism. And that would not be far off for us to do too. It wouldn't, but it, it we are correct. It's we are like, correct. They're idioms. Well, I did I did Google it to make sure that we were speaking like saying. Well, I know, but Google is not always that reliable. <laughs> I don't think you need to let Google hear you say that. I mean, actually, Google kind of is is everything. Oh, it's everything. They'd love to hear us say that. <laughs> I know. Okay, but I also wanted to ask you, because something else occurred to me. Uh, okay. Um, you said that you were going to try to use the word you stress in daily conversation, and I want to know how that went. I did say that, yeah. and I didn't use you stress, but I use distress. No, that's not the same. <laughs> People actually say distress. I, okay, but what was the context? Um, it was talking about, I was, I was about to do a retreat, and our leader retreat, and I was getting all prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And I was saying to my assistant, oh my gosh, this is a moment that I could feel utter distress. <laughs> and uh, so I used it there. But yes. I, good challenge. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna mark it in my, my mental note. I'm tapping my temples right now. Is I'm going to remember. going to help you remember. Yes, you've never heard that technique before? No, I've heard you sleep with a book under your pillow. I've never heard of tapping your temples. A book under your pillow? To remember things. Really? Yeah, because I feel like... 
I mean, I feel like up. they're about as equally effective. Okay, well, I've We're, never, I've never tried that before. But the temple, as wind, in, they're not effective at all. R- oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think temple is actually really effective. So I might try the book under my pillow and prove you wrong. Is that a that real thing? Like, yeah. So it's like, like if you if you meet somebody and you meet them for the first time yeah. and they tell you their name, then say their names a few times, like three times or something like that, and tap your temple. It's supposed to help register it. Yeah, yeah like, but that doesn't work for me. Well, I've heard that, like you repeat it multiple times to remember. Like, mm-hmm. say the name three times in the first conversation. I've never heard this tap or temple. You know, the it doesn't work for me with names. Um, <laughs> it's so selected. It's really, really bad example. <laughs> what works for me for names is doing the association to something. Yes. Like or someone, so yes. that then you can remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's a memory tool that I actually have heard of and I think has some efficacy. Yeah. Uh, tapping your temples. If anyone has heard of that and <laughs> used it, I would love to know how that's working. Oh, my uh, And I gosh. will look forward to hearing how it how people respond when you just casually drop the word you stress in conversation. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Distress, you become a little bit theatrical. Yeah. So my challenge is for you to use it. Just in casual conversation. Like for real. Like Yesterday I had an amazing day and it was full and everything, but I felt like it was my eustress yeah. experience. I was in How my eustress. How are you today? You stressed. <laughs> I didn't even think of adding the ed at the end. Right, you need the ed. You stressed. Yeah. I'm you stressed. Yeah. I was kind of thinking about how, speaking of that, how words can trip you up depending upon the context. And I was listening. Um, thinking about our conversation last week with Kathleen and she used this beautiful word harmoniously <laughs> and yet the L-Y we kept trying to like reiterate the co- in the same context and it was so hard. It was so hard. Like you can change the word. We could just say harmonious or in harmony but right. we kept trying to stick with harmoniously. <laughs> so yes we, words can be modified. They can be. Yes. No. Well anyways because I was thinking how am I going to say you stress? It, it doesn't feel right to say I'm you stress, but the ED. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's not a proper grammar. <laughs> There's a reason why it doesn't feel right. Totally. Oh my gosh. Well, speaking of you stress and distress, last week we started talking about um, how stress impacts you and your multiple parts, right? Your body, your mind, your emotions, and your behavior. And I think before we dive into today's call, um, we should talk to you guys a little bit about what are the areas, like that's what's happening within you, mm-hmm. but what are like the common areas where people really tend to experience stress yeah, and really get bogged struggle down? with it. Yeah. So we discovered, so I'm not sure that discovered is the right word. <laughs> I don't think it was us that figured this out. No, uh, we observed. Yes. And identified. Yes. <laughs> Uh, this is quickly becoming like a grammar class or English <laughs> class. That there are five main areas where people really tend to get snagged mm-hmm. and snucked. The most, yes. The most. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what's one of them? What's one of them? Mm-hmm. Well, it is something that I feel like I struggled with for quite a long time, and still have kind of my my fluctuations in it. But it would be the big M word: money. Oh, finances. Money. Mm-hmm. That is a super common one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look forward to the time that we have um, 
someone calling in about this particular topic because I think this is a topic that we can all relate to. Yeah. We all have our money in our own way. In our own way. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So that's one. What about, what's another one? What would you say? What's another one you want to Uh, So it starts with a B since we like to do hangman style. (laughs) Yes. Um, And it ends in a Y. Mm. Body. Body. Yeah, so like body image, weight, mm-hmm. self-concept, self-perception. Yeah. Health. Yeah. Health. It seems like those two go hand in hand a lot where there tends to be like a cyclical relationship of love-hate mm-hmm. and a tough time um, really reworking your thoughts and your experience around your relationship to your own body yeah. uh, that tends to get people really snucked. Absolutely. Those are two big ones. So those are huge. Those money are heavy body, hitters. Heavy hitters. All right, third. So third, I'm gonna go with work as mm. third. I love my work. Yes. I, I mean, both of us have created our our work, yeah, and uh, you know have amazing environments that we work where we yeah. work and people that we work with. So, but work is still intense it even is. as a self um, self-employed or entrepreneur or whatever you would call it well, and it's like you said I love this point you made last time that a lot of these times and why we use this tool it's not it's for situations or experiences that we chose yeah you know that we don't want to change we really enjoy for the most part something some aspect of what we've created and yet so even as a person who's an entrepreneur or self-employed, mm-hmm. you know, there still can be situations or experiences that get you snagged. Yeah. So anybody out there listening who is not self-employed or an entrepreneur who's like, man, if I were just self-employed and running my own company, I would feel amazing. I would feel you stressed. Just <laughs> so you know, you don't always feel that way. So you still have to show yes. up in your mindfulness game. To, the grass is not always greener. Absolutely not. We just swap out what's challenging. Mm-hmm. So speaking of another another area that people mm. tend to choose that they want in their life, but sometimes dun, dun, struggle dun. with would be relationships. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really big one. And, and that one comes up in so many forms, you know, whether it's you don't have a relationship and you really want a relationship or you are in a relationship and you're experiencing frustrations around that because you're dating but you want to be engaged or you're (laughs) married and you're wondering why you chose his partner or just more simple mundane things that show up in relationships because they are huge mirrors i'm such a uh i always say relationships are everything yes it's either the relationship with you well i feel like i want to say it now a little differently as i'm saying it it's the relationship with you and the relationship with others. Yeah. They're all happening all the time. All the time. And so your opportunity to be able to slow down and really connect with you and the relationship with you and how relationships with others is working is it's huge. It's huge. I know. And I'm excited because we'll our caller today is going to be talking about a relationship which taps into the next kind of relationships and big area, the fifth one, which is family. Family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's another area that people choose. I mean, well, I, with every area. I mean, yes, maybe not like in-laws. Necess- or I mean, your you, biological family you're not choosing. Well, yes. But like if you choose to have kids, like yes. you're choosing to have children. And yes. like you're not, like when you're, if you're stressed around right. your children, you're not sure. like, just get rid of them. Right. <laughs> I mean, you love them. You might them. feel that way, but you don't really mean <laughs> You don't it. really mean that. Yeah. So in, in that sense, yes. Yes. 
So when you have these relationships, and we talked about this last week, right? When you use this tool, it's really for these times where there are situations, and family's a great example, you're not getting rid of your mom, but you might need to change your relationship with it, but you always are going to feel that... Oh, I mean, this, we could talk about this forever, and I won't today. But there's a sense of no matter how old you are as a child, there's this relationship that you have with your parents. No matter what they're like, what they've done, what they haven't done, there's this need that tends to stay the same. And when that need is not being met, which I see a lot in mm. uh, my counseling practice, it's you really get snagged and stuck, and you can't change someone else. As I said so eloquently last <laughs> last week. <laughs> Um, you can't change another person. And so it's really these moments where it's so pivotal to learn how to use this tool, tool. and shift your own inner experience. I was, As you were talking, it reminded me of an experience I had probably about, I would say, five years ago now. You know, Drew and I have been together for almost 10 years, if not yeah. 10 years at this point. Um, but at that point, we weren't married. And I was having trouble with the everyday family life that we had going mm-hmm. on because it didn't feel like what I had with my parents and my sister. Yeah. Growing up, my my family, we had, I feel very blessed and very fortunate that we did a lot together. I never felt like I was really by myself. Mm-hmm. If, I, if my mom was going to the grocery store, I was going to go with her. Or if I wanted to go to the store, my sister would go. I mean, like I always yeah. had, on the weekends, we were always going together. And I struggled so much with wanting Drew to be my mom, my dad, and my sister. To fill those roles. To fill those roles. And I had a call with my father where I was I was in tears. And he was so sweet and so kind and listening to me. But at one point he said, Lynn, we're not your everyday family anymore. And that was like this like wake-up call for me that I, I needed to hear. And so then with those words, I kind of reframed what that was going to look like yeah. with um, my relationship with my husband, which ultimately relieved a lot of what my expectations were that felt like it was straining our relationship and ultimately gave this breath around it that then made it so much more easeful. So it's like the, what I thought that I wanted and what I was struggling to get, I wasn't getting, but the moment I released that expectation. Well, it seems like with that experience, you know, there was an awareness that, that really started the shift. And that's what Always we talk does. about with this unsnuck tool mm-hmm. and, and how there's an emotional desire, an emotional feeling mm-hmm. underneath every desire that we have. Yeah. And when we're able to really name that and for you to be able to name that, you can start to find how to access that from a different place. From a different place. And then the result is usually remarkable. I mean, it's like from my experience yeah. in all this, it's why I continue to, to show up mindfully because the result is actually really uh, magical. Yes. Yeah. Okay. One last thing yes. before we dive into this call that I don't know how we missed this. How we, how, what did you just say? We missed this. We missed what? That for those of you who are wondering about Kathleen's experience last oh, week. that's right. Yeah, you can find out. You can. You can follow up on our website mm-hmm. where you will learn more about what her experience was like checking this tool and trying it on. Yes. And you'll be able to see whether or not she was able to remain Unsnucked. Yeah. So go to right. the website. If you forgot, <laughs> it's deliberatemethod.com, and you'll see a link there to find the unsnucked episode follow-ups. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, let's get into today's call with our lovely guest. That sounds good. 
And today I'm so excited for our next guest. Stella is a 37-year-old who is working in a tech company in the Southeast and has two adorable children that keeps her busy between her work and home life. But today we're going to start by talking about something that's really um, sort of keeping you stuck and keeping you from feeling the way you really want to feel in all aspects of your life. And we're going to do that by diving into a specific situation that you've got going on that is sort of keeping your keeping you mentally occupied. So let's just um, welcome you and tell us a little bit about what your situation is for us today. Yes. Hello, Stella. Hi, good morning, ladies. Um, thank you. Yeah, the the thing that's been keeping me stuck a little bit lately is um, a situation that's playing out in my um, immediate family, meaning my mom, dad, and my two younger brothers. So your um, primary my, family. My primary family. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, one of my brothers has um, a girlfriend that he's been with for a few years and, um, all of the kids, we all live in different locations. And so we had a situation where we were actually all together, um, at an event, um, over the last month, which was something that I was really excited about and looking forward to. Um, but you know, once it started happening, it was one of those situations where I felt like my brother's girlfriend was sort of running the show and, um, our family wasn't a priority or important for her. And it's been this resistance that I've had with her kind of from the beginning. And I want to love her. My brother is very happy with her and I want to embrace her and welcome her into the family, but I'm just finding some resistance there. Um, and, you know, also part of kind of the experience at home with my family recently, it was, you know, we're all growing up um, and my brothers are now at a place in their lives where they're kind of going different directions. And it felt a little bit like I was kind of putting, um, like it was a little bit, felt almost like a death of what our family used to be. And this like new, I guess, kind of normal of what our family is now. And I have just been kind of struggling with that transition and sort of saying goodbye to what, you know, in my mind, our family life should be like, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. So you recently were at an event with your family and you started to recognize that there are some changes that are happening in your family as you know it is is ending potentially and, and sort of trying to figure out what it looks like to embrace this new normal. But And before we kind of dive into that, which we will do, I want to get a picture of a little bit of like about your family. So you mentioned you have two brothers. Yes, that's right. Okay. And where do you fall in the mix? Like, where are you the oldest, the middle, the youngest? Um, I'm the oldest and there's seven and a half and nine and a half years different between okay. us. So they're they're quite a bit, bit younger than I. Yeah, they're quite a bit younger than you. And the brother that you're talking about, he's been his girlfriend that you're sort of recognizing is shifting the dynamic. How long have they been together? How long has she been around? Mm, three years, two or three years. Yeah. So she's been in the family for a while. And I heard you say like, you really want to love her and 
you have kind of noticed this experience with her from the beginning where it seems like maybe her priorities are different than placing the priorities of your family unit first. But you also, and that kind of creates this feeling in you, which will will help to get clear on. But it's, it's like there's this desire to support your brother because you really see how happy she makes him. But you're also struggling with the conflict of how it impacts you and what that means for your family. Does that feel true? Yes, for sure. So when you're, this past experience that you were a part of, um, what were some of the behaviors that you were noticing that were creating an emotional sort of reaction internally for you? Some of the behaviors that she Mm -hmm. exhibits yeah like what was what were you Um, observing that was bringing that up in you so she is um let's see how would I put this she sort of dominates situations um and is very much kind of a take charge let's do it my way and is oftentimes not super willing to listen to alternatives, I guess. Um, so it, it feels to me like it's one of those, it's, it's kind of like it's her way or the highway. And she kind of runs the relationship with my brother in terms of like what they're doing and when. Mm, yeah. So her personality is more dominant, like her way or the highway. And so naturally that's going to impact the way that he's showing up. And it sounds like you're observing that the way that he's showing up and the way that his behaviors um, is appearing now is different than maybe it's been in the past. Yes. And I'll add, I don't know if this is like a a time to bring this up, but I will just say this and if we need to come back to it, but there's um, been a scenario where even some of his friends have had conversations with my parents about Mm -hmm my brother and his girlfriend's relationship and their concerns. Mm -hmm. So it's also one of those things where it's like, do you say something you don't, you know, I don't want to cause this like conflict in the family and like, if he's happy, does it really matter? Um, But I also don't want to like ignore something that, you know, could be worth having a conversation about my guess. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, your your observations are one that's being had by many and that you're not alone in this experience. And I think what's amazing about any kind of relationship, but especially our family, is that we we're so close at times, whether it's, you know, even if we're not geographically close or even if we don't like the people, there's still this like familial bond and interconnection that that when someone, when one aspect of that system changes, then we experience those, those changes as well. And so the, the question here today, and really always is, okay, when I'm observing him ex- act differently, how does that impact me? And so I, I want to ask you, I want to pose to you that question, when you're observing the situation, like, how is that impacting you? What is the feeling that comes up in you? I think maybe sad, maybe if I'm totally honest, maybe a little bit jealous because, mm-hmm. you know, he's now sharing his attention with, you know, we're having to share with her versus him spending time 
with me and my family and my children. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe it's a little bit of, or maybe even a lot of bit of jealousy um, <laughs> and just, <laughs> yeah. and just sadness that it's, you know, that that relationship has shifted and isn't as, um, as close in some ways as it used to be. Sure. I mean, amazing job of recognizing that, you know, sometimes it can be hard to get clear on like, how does that really impact me? Mm -hmm. Um, It's easy to want to continue to focus on what the other person is doing, but that's how we continue to give that power away. So you feel some sadness around the nature of the relationship changing and maybe even more strongly this feeling of jealousy and so when you feel that feeling of jealousy, you know, I, d- I heard you sort of identify the, the thought of feeling jealous of t- his time and attention, that his time and attention is being pulled away from you. And if it's being pulled away from you, how does that impact you? That's a really good question. Um, I mean, I think, you know, my brother at like, you know, I guess prior to this relationship was, you know, one of my best friends and confidants. And I just don't feel like that exists really in the way that it used to anymore. And I think too, you know, on some level, me being the older sister, like he also saw me as that person. And maybe it's the fact that he doesn't, I guess he doesn't like need me in that way anymore because he has her. Yeah. 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 So he, I mean, you guys. So maybe I'm needy. <laughs> <laughs> I need to feel needed. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so really when he pulls his time and attention away from you, you acknowledge that there was a time where you guys were really close. You were like your best friend and confidant which meant that he, you held a special place for him and him for you and that he, he looked to you in a way that um, allows you to feel needed. And like I was supporting him and helping him, not necessarily just for me to feel needed, but for me to feel like I was giving something to him. Yeah. And so, and if you were, if you were able to give something to him and to support him, what feeling does that offer to you? Um, well, it makes me feel happy. Um, and, you know, it gives me joy to be able to help and support someone that I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it allows you to feel the happiness that comes from being able to support someone that you care about and love. So it's, it seems like when you recognize, when you look at this situation, you know, we first start on the surface, which is like, what does it look like on, what does the behavior look like in this other person? And the closer that we bring that to ourselves, we realize that there's this feeling underneath of something that we're, that we're experiencing that we're not crazy about, you know, which is in this case is maybe the feeling of if you're not needed, then what is, what is the opposite of being needed? Mm-hmm. What is the opposite of being needed? <laughs> it's 
not being being rejected on some level, I guess, or yeah, possibly. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, it's a, it's a tough question, but it's, you know, to, if, if you're no longer being needed, there's the, there's a feeling that's underneath that, that's somehow different and, and potentially uncomfortable that if we're able to name, then we get this freedom to start to shift it. And so sometimes when we name it, even if that feeling of not being needed is somehow being rejected, we get to even try it on for size and go, well, is that really even true that I believe that, that I'm being rejected um, by my brother, by him spending time somewhere else? And, you know, just on the surface, if I ask you that, like, what is that initial feeling? What is that initial thought that comes back to you when I ask you that? I don't know that I believe that it's really rejection. Um, so maybe that's not the word, but maybe, I don't know, You t- maybe the definition doesn't necessarily matter. Just being able to name it in and of itself and acknowledge it is yeah. helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, right. When we tried on for size, we are like, ah, God, that doesn't quite sit right. Maybe that's not actually how I feel, but maybe that feeling is underneath there subconsciously. And, and it's sticking around, even though we might not actually believe it, that we're being rejected. So let's just, let's just get out of that state for a moment and talk about, okay, if, I, if that's not quite it, what is the feeling that I'm really after? Um, so if I'm not wanting to feel, if I'm not feeling rejected and, and I'm not wanting to feel not needed, what is, and I'm wanting to not feel jealous, um, what is the opposite of the, those feelings? What are the opposites of those feelings that we are that you're really desiring, uh, specifically in this relationship? So you're asking, like, what are what do I want to feel when yeah. I'm like out of this relationship with my brother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I just want to feel like the, how that's so tough. Um, just the closeness again, just the camaraderie and the, I guess just a, like a level set of, of understanding each other again. I feel like we've kind of drifted and, and don't really necessarily know each other anymore, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. So the desire for closeness and camaraderie um, and a sense of understanding each other. And so we've identified, right, like what it is that you're wanting to feel in this relationship. But I'm going to challenge us to take it back away from the relationship again for a moment and bring it back to yourself, which is in general, if, if we're talking about, okay, I don't like the feeling of feeling jealous what is the opposite of feeling jealous? Um, accepting. Acceptance, yeah. Okay, if I don't um, like them. Trusting. Trusting. Proud. Yeah. Okay, so let's just let's just create space for those feelings for a moment. Is there one, so trusting, acceptance, and proud, is there one that you gravitate towards most that you're like, yeah, that's a feeling? I think probably acceptance. Acceptance. 
Okay, so you have gotten clear. This is a feeling that I desire. This is a feeling that I am after. And I want to invite you to sort of step back for a moment from this situation that we've been talking about and close your eyes if you're in a place where you can and it feels safe. And just settle in for a minute and imagine the last time that you were able to connect with this feeling of acceptance. And it doesn't have to be around this situation. It's probably helpful for it to not be around the situation. This is the last time that you were able to really connect with this feeling of acceptance. And then when you can connect with that, you can keep your eyes closed and just sort of talk me through what that experience was, um, what was happening that, that you were feeling that acceptance. You know, what's really interesting is this is like, and maybe this isn't unusual, but it's really hard for me to even remember a moment that I can like specifically connect with that. With the feeling of acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you actually try to connect with that feeling, it's hard to get clear on a time that you felt acceptance. Yeah. So it's, I think that's an amazing thing to recognize. And sometimes one of the insights that comes, right, is like, how do we even move towards a feeling that we desire when we don't know what that feeling looks like or feels like? So let's just acknowledge, like, if you're just talking in your own language, like, what is, what feel, what is it that you're looking for? Like, how would you describe acceptance? If you're searching back in your memory catalog, how would you describe acceptance? God, this is this is some tough work, ladies. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Getting to the core. Yeah. I would I would offer too um, with this. Maybe you can't recall, but if you if you think of someone who is in full acceptance, what do you think they would be feeling, and how would they be showing up um, to maybe help you? Like if you if you recognize somebody who is in full acceptance. I mean. I think it's, that's, that's helpful because, you know, in this situation, and I think I mentioned this earlier, it's like full acceptance would be realizing that, I guess for me, it's seeing the positive side of this. My brother is very happy with this girl. And ultimately at the end of the day, what, I want for him the most is for him to be happy. And so I guess acceptance would be in really kind of gravitating towards that side versus the kind of jealous side of it. That's more about me than, than him. More about you. Yeah. So you're describing, okay. So you, you kind of, jumped ahead, which is amazing. And you're taking the feeling and you're automatically applying it to the situation, which is like, how would I show up with acceptance to this situation? Um, and, and I think, and I want to explore that a bit further, you know, so it sounds like one way that you would show up to that situation more differently is to, to sort of shift the focus 
to acknowledging how he is showing up and that he is happy. But I'm wondering how that still, like what that feeling feels like in you. Um, What is your body language look like? What is your behavior look like? Like how, what does acceptance look like on a very like observable level? I think acceptance is kind of an open um, action, really like in like a receiving way, like you've been welcomed to a group and you're perceived as being part of that. Yeah. So um, I'm going to invite you to actually bring your body into a position that is open like, how would you be, um, I, I know you might have a, you're holding the phone or in, in some way be kind of expressive, um, as Hallie said, how that would be in your body. I mean, I would, do you want me to describe what I'm doing? Yeah. Okay. So I'm standing up. I do have the phone up to my ear, but I would have my shoulders kind of back and my arms kind of open to the side. And I would have my heart lifting and my gaze slightly up at the sky. So heart open, you're standing, chest lifted, gaze up towards the sky. And you're in that right now. I am, yes. Mm-hmm. So take a moment to experience this in your own body. Like feel what happens as you hold this position. Notice the sensations that come up. Notice the feelings that come up as you hold it. And as you notice them, say them out loud, tell us what it's like. I feel like a release a little bit. I feel a little bit vulnerable. Um, I feel just like good energy though, coming out of like my chest and heart center. Um, and I feel grounded. Mm. Yeah. So there's, there was a bit of a release. There's a vulnerability there that you're feeling. Um, there's good energy there and there's also grounding. Yes. All of that's there. So just take a moment to keep that kind of in your experience right now. All of it is there and... And when you're here, is this, is this a feeling you like to feel? Is this what you want to feel? This feels good, yes. This feels good. This feels like a place that you want to be. Yes. Mm-hmm. So continue to hold this feeling. And as you hold this feeling, we're going to bring back the situation that you've been talking about with your brother and as you recall the situation notice your experience to be able to hold this feeling and what do you notice as you bring back and imagine the situation in your mind as you hold this feeling
Well, I think it makes me realize a little bit that as much as I've, (laughs) in my mind, it's been about his girlfriend. (laughs) The reality is that I'm kind of projecting the situation on her um, with maybe what I've been feeling for myself. Mm -hmm. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. That maybe this experience of that you're having that you've been projecting onto the girlfriend is maybe just an experience that you're having yourself. That's yours. Yeah. That ownership right there mm-hmm. is what allows us to start to shift any scenario that we are a part of from being one that we feel powerless and out of control and sort of resisting to one that we're able to find our stance again, to find our power, mm-hmm. to find our our choice and our, our next steps of um, how do I want to show up in this situation? And so that's that's the question. Yeah, now knowing what you know. Connecting with this feeling. Connecting with this feeling. What you're after. What, how would you show up differently now, Stella, to the same situation? I mean, I think just even like physically, I would probably change like how I'm standing and being able to kind of connect that way that my body is feeling could be helpful as far as just, you know, when I'm talking to my brother or his girlfriend. Um, And I think also just knowing and hearing out loud how I'm feeling or have felt about the situation in the past is helpful in just recognizing that there is something going on with me, that it's not just necessary. It's not just her. (laughs) <laughs> that there's feelings that are going on with me that are also creating this experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, that ownership, taking it back to yourself and bringing it back to you is where we use the term, the power, because if we're, if we're putting these um, situations and what people need to do, they, if, if they show up differently, then it's going to be better for me. That's where we all suffer. Because we can't Mm -hmm. change the external. We can't make people be different. We can't make buildings be different. We can't make society be different. But if we bring back that ownership in ourselves and connect to what you've just done, which is the real feeling of what you want to feel, you want to feel acceptance. You want to be able to tap into that, which you just did in a very um, substantial way by the way you described it. You felt it. It's in you that is going to bring that power back to yourself. And then the stance that then you can now re-engage with life from that centered acceptance, that place of acceptance, whether it's with the situation with your brother and his girlfriend, and then in other areas in your life, no doubt that this will serve you in other places too. Yeah. And I love what you just said. It's not if they show up differently, it's if I show up differently. Mm Mm-hmm. So I want to offer you a fun experiment and I want to, I want to sort of see how we might expand this feeling into the next couple of days and maybe week. And I think for this purpose, let's just keep it around the situation because what's cool and what we're recognizing even again today is that 
we don't have to even be physically present in the situation for the situation to still be active and alive in our experience. Mm -hmm. So as you sort of continue to process the situation and you might find that after today you feel done with it, like you've, you've shifted enough that it's no longer sort of keeping you stuck or engaged. But I want to offer you the opportunity this week that every time some kind of thought around your brother and his girlfriend or your family's uh, dynamic shifting comes up, that you engage in this action and, and the action that you chose is to find it in your body to find it through your posture, to find it through your physical stance, to start by reconnecting first in your physical stance to this feeling of acceptance, and then to then continue to, to think about that experience and that relationship and notice what shows up for you and just pay attention to that and see what happens. And if you're open to taking the experiment and the challenge, I would love to circle back with you Um next week and see how that felt. Are you open to that? Sure. Awesome. So I cannot wait to hear, you know, what that feels like for you. And, um, we will certainly circle back and I'm sure others will be curious to know what that looked like and felt like. And I just want to acknowledge like you got your power back in less than 40 minutes. I know. Thank you. You could spend hours in therapy, you know, figuring out the history and the whys, but when we're able to name, name the feeling and bring it back to yourself, you give, you unlock the key to freedom and to movement. So yeah, I also want to just to add to that, the acknowledgement that you had not felt acceptance and you don't even remember, like you couldn't even really recall that feeling. Um, personally, I had something like this in the last year where I couldn't really remember joy in my life. There was something about it that I couldn't connect with. And I was sort of freaked out by it. I was like, how can I not connect with like joy? But by naming it, it allowed me to then start to bring that back into my life. And it's been ex- extraordinarily profound. And so I just want to highlight you being able to notice that I don't even know the last time acceptance was really in my being. Um, I believe that that will really impact you greatly. Um, So thank you so much, Stella, for your energy, your time, your openness, willingness to show up um, as you and to a real life situation. This is going to impact and um, offer a lot to many that are listen to this. Thank you, Lainey. So relationships can be tough and we talked about it's a common place where we feel snuck because it's very tempting to place our needs and desires in the hands of others. But relationships are also great mirrors and reminders of how the only thing that we can truly change is how we show up, how we think about it and how and what we do from that place. This is the key to getting unsnucked and exactly what this tool offers. It's how to find the feeling that you were after, but finding it right now. So long before the situation has changed, it offers you the opportunity to create movement without having to wait for the conditions to change. Unsnucked helps you to take ownership of your experience, and the faster you can do it, the faster you will find freedom. And that is why we say, when you get unsnucked, you find power in situations that you previously felt powerless. On that note, don't forget to go to our website, www. 
deliberatemethod.com and see how Stella did the week after getting unsnubbed. If you are interested in getting unsnucked and feel powerful in a situation you previously felt powerless, email us with the subject line podcast participant at hello at deliberatemethod.com. You are listening to Deliberate Methods Unsnucked Podcast. Until next time, live deliberately.